Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello and welcome to a special Royal Blue podcast. I'm your host Sam Carroll and I'm joined by former Everton left-back Lee Molyneux. Lee joined Everton in 2000 and came through the academy ranks at the Blues until he departed for Southampton in 2009. Lee is forthright and honest about his career which included becoming an England youth international, playing alongside Theo Walcott, Daniel Sturridge and Morgan Schneidlin, as well as the trials and tribulations of a young player attempting to make his way in the professional game. This is a must-listen for all Blues, but especially those who have young children wanting to make their own pathway in the cutthroat world of the professional game. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Obviously, we'll start from the beginning. And how does it come about? Obviously, Everton bringing you into the club as a as a young young boy. Yeah. Um, well, initially, I was playing. For Whiston Juniors, the team that um, Stephen Gerrard come through. Yeah, it's like a lot of lads from Height and Prescott area. We all that was like probably the best team in the area. It was renowned for like you know the best kids playing for them. We'd win leagues and stuff. And then um, I got scouted by Everton when I was eight, um, and I joined. The, it was centre of excellence at that time. And I joined there, yeah. and um, I'd only but I only stayed there for twelve months, and. Um, they released me initially <laughs> and um, so at the time I went down to um, Hope University in Chilwell because Wrexham had the satellite group down there and a lot of lad, like a lot of lads down there um, a lot of scouts lads were playing for Wrexham because they were trying to like you know get players uh, who dropped out of Evan and Liverpool maybe and picked them up and like even thinking back now like I've played with Craig Noon there, who's gone on to play in the Premier League. Um, Sean McConville, who's doing well at Accrington, had the promotion. Um, Jamie Jones, who again went back to Everton with me. He's at Wigan now. See the goal. So he's a goalkeeper, yeah. So um, I stayed at Wrexham for 18 months. Um, and they brought me on loads, and they had a lot of. A lot of the coaches there end up getting moved to academy club because they saw the head that time they brought in. And I was playing for Heighton Schoolboys at 11 and Everton showing interest in me again and, um, and Liverpool. And I decided to go back to Everton and then, and then I'd, I'd come on loads in those 18 months at Wrexham. But then I stayed at Everton and from 11 till I was 19. Nineteen then, and was you a was a big Evertonian growing up as well? Or was oh you, yeah, 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 always like my dad. He's a, he's a mad blue. He followed Everton all through the. Well, he was actually a professional boxer, but he loved football as well. He loved Everton, and his dad was a big blue. And my dad would follow Everton around in the eighties and nineties, and even like early two thousands and stuff. Um, he doesn't go as much now, but. We're all crazy blues in our family, so yeah, I wasn't no way I was joining the fool anyway. 
And, you know, once you start getting to that age, around 16, 17, and, you know, yeah. start doing a little bit of work, sometimes, you know, under David Moyes and the first team, is it is it surreal? And do you start thinking, oh, my God, I've, I've got a chance here? Um, I'd say I'm 14, 15. Um, it was me, Pete Kissock, um, and we, we got picked to play for England at the time. I was playing the age group up to, and um, I th- it's a hard one because I look back now and it, it, you don't probably realise what I had at the time, but yeah. you know, at the time it was just I was playing for England, I was confident in myself. Um, I, I think I got offered a scholarship and pro contract after being along with JP. Um, not really in the sense that you're going to make him play for Everton. I knew how hard that would be, but like I, I sort of knew what was coming over the next few years that I'd go, I'd be leaving school and um, and joining Everton full time. Um, but looking back now, I probably didn't realise how big of a thing it was, you know. Um, so yeah. Uh, don't sort of have any regrets because yeah. that you know I've got kids now and I always I'm one of them. If you would have went down a different and maybe I wouldn't have had the kids or didn't work out this way and that way. I'm just grateful. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, I probably didn't. I don't think you do as as a you know a teenager grasp how big of a chance you've got. And I think that's where now I think. Um, I seen something on BT Sport not long back, and Frank Lampard was talking about it. And I think you know, young kids and teenagers, they need to be aware of how, how hard it's gonna be yeah. to become a Premier League football. I think he said it was one percent that actually come through and play Premier League football. So I think the it should be more to be made of aware that okay, you've got a chance now, but. The chances, the likelihood is that you're probably not going to play for Chelsea, Everton, Liverpool, Man City. Yeah. But you've got to be really, really special. Um, and you've got to work hard and you've got to get a bit of luck. And the manager's got to fancy you. And you've got to be lucky in the sense of first team, established first team players might get injured and you get a chance and then you do well in that game. And there's so many factors. But I think. Um, they need to be made more aware that how hard it is and, and obviously stick with education as well and and but you can still forge out careers, you know, in the lower leagues and yeah. earn a decent living and so it's not the be all and end all, although it's probably heartbreaking for some where they get released and then you can't act back from them mentally. But I don't think they've prepared themselves for that downfall, you know, of the realization of dropping down, and 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 there's always a chance that you can drop down and then come back up. And I think you see more now, especially since Jamie Vardy come through. Yeah, the you know clubs are looking at lower leagues and even down to the national league level. There's scouts that game so as I said it, it's not the be all and end all I think you've got to be mentally strong to, to stay in the game and having a you know a professional career and we'll come back to the academy system a little bit later yeah. on but something you say there obviously you've got to have a bit of a luck in the academy yeah. system Cause, could you say maybe if anything you, 
you didn't get a lot of luck at all in terms of the time of the injury you got and while you're injured, yeah. Everton sign, Leighton Baines, I mean... Yeah. Not a lot of love in that, is there? <laughs> yeah, I know, but um, I do think ultimately, if you're good enough, then you probably will yeah. get your chance somewhere along the way, you know. And I think a lot of these Premier League managers, they can, they can look at players in training, they sort of make a quick judgment on them whether they'd be ready or not or whether they trust you and your character and I th- you know I think the top players will eventually always get there somehow yeah. you know I know you say Rashford had a bit of luck but I look, you look at him now and his qualities I think even if he didn't have made his debut at that time I think he would have come through anyway yeah exactly you know because he, he's that good and stuff and um, but yeah, you do, you, you do you do need a little bit of luck. I look at Trent now and, you know, Prime was an established first-team player and then he got injured and then Gomez got injured and then Conor Randall was away on loan and now he got his chance, but he took his chance, you know. So you do need the luck maybe in terms of get, getting a chance, but then it's ultimately down to the player and his qualities to, to prove he's good enough then. And while you were at Everton, you've and, and for England as well, you've featured yeah. alongside Jack Rodwell, JP Kissick, you know Kane, Jose yeah. Baxter, Theo Walcott, yeah. Daniel Sturge. I mean, what a seven-a-side team that would be. What was, it, what was it like playing alongside some of these lads? I mean, some people listening might yeah. not have heard of JP Kissick, but he was some player back in the day, wasn't he? Yeah, JP at 14, 15, 16 was probably... He was the best player I played with at that, at that time for my own age group. He was magical. He could, he'd beat players like it was nothing. He, he was like a little messy in the Esther type. He was, he was top drawn. I, I even played with him not long back um, last year, playing five aside, and he still has quality, you know. But yeah. I think, it, obviously, being pro game now since I left school, it's you need a lot more than you know just quality as well like you, you need everything to be a Premier League player you know and um, I think even the ones that do get a chance and they end up falling down a league it's because you've, you've got to be on it every day you've got to live your life right you've got to eat well you've got to um, perform every day in training um, and it's all got to come together you need the full package you know and I think the league even on when I left school and looking back, like how much it's changed, and I think the quality go up every year. It's just it's the best league in the world with the best players. So you know, I think you need everything. But JP at, at the time, he was he was unbelievable. You know, played with Daniel Sturridge. Again, he's another one who's, who's who always stood out. Um, England levels scored goals, um, and then I went to Southampton and I played with. Um, Adam Alana and Morgan Schneiderlin and even at a young age there you could you can see the quality and you know, you've got everything, you yeah. know, athleticism, um, first touch, everything. It just you need to be the best, you know, and, and I need to all come together at the right time to, to do it. Was there anyone at Everton maybe while you were going through the academy or working with the first team that you'd say coaches, players-wise, that you particularly looked up to or gave you, you know, some some advice yeah, um, or took you under the wing? 
He's a coach that I was with Everton all the while, Neil Dewsmith, and um, I think he left Everton a couple of years back, and he's working with the FA in England. Um, he was a big influence on me, but he always believed in me, and um, and again, I've all, I've said that on a couple of times, and Gary Ablett. Yeah. Um, left the ball. He was he come in when I was like fourteen, fifteen and I was with and at fourteen, fifteen he was manager of the youth team and he believed in me and he gave me games for the under seventeens and under nineteens at the time and obviously being a left back, you know, he worked loads with me, like doing extras after training and you know He's he's just an all round top guy, top coach. Being there, done it. You know, played for both clubs, won trophies. So he's a massive influence on my career, um, and still to this day, like some stuff he's he, he told me, it always stuck in my mind. You know. Yeah. So I'd say um, Gary and Neil coming through with Everton, um, they were the biggest influences. Along with my parents, obviously, yeah. and players-wise, he's he's still there now, and he's he's done it. And Leighton Baines, always, even though when he came into the club, I was injured, the same position, and I think that was the beginning and the end. I thought, you know, he was only three or four years older than me, but like just watching him train and and then seeing what he's done now, it's just. He's a class act and class player, and yeah, I've always looked up to Bainesy. And moving away from Everton, then when when your time away, time to move away from Everton came, yeah. quite a quite a strange story. I think as I seen you say that you were basically you didn't have an agent. You were approached yeah. by a guy who I'm assuming a kind of a an agent for Southampton. And what what yeah. made you make that decision to I mean move so far away from? I mean, you like yeah. in Liverpool and, and go for a fresh start? Yeah, well, I'd had a bad injury the season before. I was in my last year of my contract and um, because I didn't come back till the April, played the last few reserve games of the year. Yeah. So Everton decided to offer me another year's contract. Yeah. Um, but at the time, I think, you know, now we've got the 23 league and I think players got a bit, you know... Looking back, where like where I was in the system in terms of playing for England's youth teams and stuff, and the 23s, I might have got a two, three-year contract to give me time to develop. But back then, it was 18, 19, and you're ready to play Premier League football. And we had the reserves, um, and it was tough. Don't you know? It was tough. So. Well, I was in my last year and I got approached after one of the reserve games against Newcastle. Um, a guy waited outside for me, a Dutch fella, and he was a Dutch guy in charge. He was he was the same agent as the first team manager there and he spoke to me and said he'd watch me on a couple of times and he was looking for young players. And I was in my last year in my contract and it was December. So um, he asked me if I'd be interested. And it was, you know, Southampton, he'd been a Premier League club, although he was in the Championship at the time. But it's a huge club, you know. And I'd seen players leave Everton and drop down even further than that. So I thought it'd be a good opportunity, you know, to go in and be involved in a first team. 
at 19 and and be challenging for a spot where I'd have it and I felt like I'd, I would have played the rest of the reserve season but then more I'd, I, I didn't think I'd be staying anyway because yeah. you had, you had uh, Leighton Baines Nuno Valente and even Lescott had filled in there at left back so I couldn't really see a pathway through so I just I decided to go down there you know I don't ever let me allowed me to train there in the December and uh, they offered me a contract and I signed in the January and in, in terms of Southampton again I think it was would you again put it down well bad luck a factor in terms of the manager then getting sacked quite early on in your, yeah. in your spell there or you know what yeah I, yeah, I went there and you know I wasn't I was young I still probably wasn't quite ready yeah for championship football but I felt comfortable within the group Um you know, I felt like I could challenge for the place and the manager brought me in, he started me the first four games and then he gets sacked. Yeah. And I got sent off in my fourth game and a new manager come in who any of the players he brought in he sort of froze out. Yeah. So for the rest of the season I wasn't involved again then. I was training with the first team but I wasn't Involved in any of the more match day squads after me after me ban was up, so yeah, that was a bit of bad luck because I felt like if I would have got since played the rest of the season and got maybe 15 20 games under my belt, then I would have went into the next season a lot more confident, especially. The club went into administration, dropped down to League One. I thought, of, you know, I could maybe establish myself as first choice left back here and get some games under my belt. But Alan Pardew come in and um, put eight and nine of us on the transfer list and brought his own players in. So, you know, and I understand that that can happen. You know, it's opinions and. Um, the manager wants to freshen up the squad, bring his own players in, and it happens all, you know, everywhere in football. So I had to take that one on the chin. The only thing I regret is maybe in that second year not going out on loan somewhere. Yeah. Um, I'm playing games regularly, whether it would have been another League One club or League Two side, but I stayed at Southampton. Um, I'm basically wasted that year just training and not being involved and playing reserve games for them. But yeah, so that that that's maybe a bit of a regret that didn't go along at that point. But you know, what's it's, it, it's what's it like for a young lad? You know, a teenager living so far away from you know your mum, your dad, everything you know, yeah. and when stuff on the pitch isn't going right as well. Was that a difficult time yeah. personally as well? <laughs> Do you know what? At the, at the time, um, I, I I was loving it. You know, I felt like I was growing up. I was be, becoming a man, being down there on my own. But I look back now, and I have my own children, and I, it, it's crazy. You know, I had no one down there with me. Um, yeah, I'd speak to my parents on the phone, but I had no one to sort of look after me. You know, and give me advice and and. Um, you know, I made some wrong decisions down there while while I was while I wasn't involved that season. You know, not living your lifestyle right and seeing as a free year. And whereas you've got really no time to waste in football. You know, you know, 
I may be looking back, I could have grafted harder and trained harder and showed the manager that I wanted to be a part of the team, but I sort of accepted it. Yeah. You know, I was happy to train and play in reserve games. And But yeah, looking back now, if one of my daughters said at 19, they're going down south to live, I'd be, be petrified for them, you know, just still a baby, but... You know, it was all part of a learning curve and, and it happened. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I think nowadays Everton employs someone. I think it was Joe Royal, and now when he left the club, I think there's been a couple of people in the role who kind of like loan liaison officers. Was there yeah. anything like that? At your time, the club no, was just someone checking no. in with you, or and is that something you think could have helped? Yeah, definitely. But as I said, the game's changed. It's even in the last ten years. It's we had the youth team, and then we had the reserve side. It was managed by Andy Holden, yeah. and Andy would add contacts in football, and you know, with playing and stuff. But very rarely a player would go out on loan. Yeah. Back then, and you see a lot more now. And as I said, players are getting longer contracts are developed till they're like 21, 22, even 23 before they, um, they make a decision fully on them. But or to go out on loan and carve a career in the championship or League One. And yeah. whereas it was tougher back then, and you had to be ready at 18, 19. And if not, you sort of relied on your agents or and that's yourself in terms of getting your next club and it was it was tough but you know a lot of the lads who have played with have gone on to have good careers and that's testament to um, Everton's academy and coaches and since leaving Southampton then I mean you know we looked down the list you've got Paul Fale Plymouth Crew, Rochdale yeah. Akron Sammy and Morecambe Garsley Charlie Barrow I mean yeah for you, I mean, what what's it been like? Have have you just have you ever found a place that you think you've 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 called home, or is it just as you kind of said, you know, is it is it carving out a career and 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 doing what you can for your own career and your and your family? Yeah, well, when I went to Plymouth, I was under Peter Reid, and to be honest, I, my mindset had changed a little bit then when I joined there, and I realised that. You know, you need to be need to be on it and time's running out to make a decent career. And I was playing and I'd done well for him and I was still only 21. But then I got a bit into a bit of trouble, and um, which I've done an interview before, you know, with yeah. the Times. And I made a couple of mistakes and um, I was out of the game for 18 months. And then I come back, um, the whole new mindset, um, um, but it was tough because of what happened to me. I got into trouble, and um, so they look at your past. And yeah, but I ended up going to Accrington. Paul Cook, who's the manager of Wigan now, he took me there, um, and I done really well that first season back. Um, I've seen one, uh, so I, one person described you as League Two Gareth Bale at that point, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I, I was at, I was at fullback and. I got pushed up to left wing um, for the last six months of that season. I went on a crazy goal scoring run, and I was goals were flying in from everywhere, from 25, 30 yards. Everything come off for me, and um, I showed me quality. You know what I knew I had deep yeah. down, and 
I've always felt more comfortable at left back though, you know, to where I've played since I was nine years old. But I was enjoying playing on the wing and great scoring goals. And but looking back now, when I left Accrington that year, I had a, a lot of offers. Um, I waited. Chef United were really interested and I waited on them all summer to make a decision and turned down about three or four clubs and eventually that didn't come off and um, so it was like a couple of days before pre-season and I, I, I was desperate to be in at a club and some of the teams that had already offered me contracts um, Fleetwood and Rochdale both in League 2 they brought other players in so the budget was tight and so we ended up going up to League One with crew um, which didn't work out great uh, you know differences with the manager and and stuff and um, but no I'd, you know I've learned a lot and down at, at League One League Two National League level you know you don't really get the security of three, four year contracts. It's yeah. 12 months or two years. And, and maybe that's why I've changed clubs so much. You know, you've got a, um, I've got a family to look after at the end of the day and yeah. bills to pay. So, you know, at this stage, I'm really, this stage of my career now, I really, you know, I'm a lot more appreciative of, of playing football and looking after myself and the old saying, I wish I would have knew now, what, what I know now back then, but it's a learning curve, you know, I won't change anything. And, um, you know, a lad's come from Heighton and I've played 300 odd professional games with 18 months out and looked done and dusted after being in trouble and I've come back. So I'm proud, be proud of myself in that sense, you know, and maybe there's a couple of regrets, but if you if you think about those regrets, it'll eat you up in the end and, you know, it can bring you down. So I've got no um, ground or just, Anyone who's in a similar position to me, I'd try and help now. I've got a younger brother, 17, at Chester, and yeah. hopefully he can learn from my mistakes. And, and um, yeah, you just grow up, don't you? <laughs> is, it, is it strange now for you to, you know, look at your brother and kind of think, you know, you're obviously this young lad trying to make his way in the game, and is there a nice yeah. feeling almost that you can give him this advice? And you've you've seen it all and, and you've done it all almost? Yeah, it, definitely. You know, I know, I know I can be, um, I can give them all the advice, but ultimately it's down to that person and where they want to take and what who they are as a, as a, as a, as a person. And you know, you can always give someone advice, and the old saying, "Take a horse to water, but you can't make it drink it." You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's it, you. I'd, I'd, I'd give anyone advice, any young lads, and I love to see young lads coming through and getting a chance and and, and try and tell them, like, you, you know, you need to be on it every day, you need to train right, you need to eat well, you need to go to bed early and sacrifice and not have nights out. And you've got to have everything if you're going to give yourself the best chance. And then, and, it, and if you do and you're ultimately not good enough, then you'll have, never have any regrets. So... You know, that's all I can... Um, I, I was at Evan at his age, so yeah. it's it's a different position. It's like, where does he go from Chester? So I'm just hoping that 
it works for him in the sense that they're lower down and he can break in at a young age and then maybe move up the league. So it's the opposite way around to me. And so, but even at that level, as a young kid, you still got to do everything right. And and so I'll try and give him as much advice as possible. He's a good kid, so he's not like me at 17. So. <laughs> uh, one of the things as well that I find quite interesting, now I, I played for Everton myself until I was 16, yeah. and as you, as you touched on before, you know, hundreds, thousands of lads get signed by academies up and down the country every year, yeah. and I think what you said, 1%, 2% at the very most will ever play. Yeah for the first team so what are your own thoughts on on the academy system what it what it does to young lads and do clubs need to have someone maybe there for the lads who don't quite make it and maybe lads like yourself who at 16 17 18 19 find themselves moving on and maybe a little bit unsure of what to do next yeah yeah as I touched on before, I, I think, it, again, it's changed so much in 10 years and it's a lot more, um, there's a lot more awareness now of the chances of becoming a Premier League footballer and I think the academies are trying to give that advice out, but, you know, you still get daft agents in the game and parents who... A pushy and believe the son's gonna be the next Wayne Rooney, or you know, they get a contract at uh, 12 years old and they believe that the son's gonna go on and play in the Premier League. I think yeah. sometimes it's not always down to the player and it's the people around them. And I think any kid coming through, they need to have good understanding parents, and the parents need to understand how hard it actually is. and to push the sons into um, or daughters into um, staying up and on top of the school work and the PFA now provide a chance now for, for you to do courses coaching or and I, I played with a lad at Morgan he's, he's uh, learning to become a pilot you know so it, anything that interests you outside football I think the PFA do a a great job in terms of giving you that platform to to have a backup plan, you know. Yeah. But in the same sense, if you are going to go on to play Premier League, you, you need to be so focused and dedicated and sacrifice your job and practice hours and hours and hours, constantly, repetition. So it's tough, you know, and... And at the end of the day, these big clubs now, City, United, Liverpool, Everton, Chelsea, it's not only the looking local, they're going across Europe and South America and plucking out the best kids at that age. And you're not only competing regionally and nationally, you're competing against the best kids across Europe and the world. So... um, I think to do it more now to be to make young lads aware, but it, I think it's based down on the individual and the people around them. You know that that 
and the kid himself realising, you know, not getting... There's always going to be lads who are, like, big time and got a bit of an ego about them and they believe. And, in a sense, you need that to become a good top player. You need to believe in yourself and be confident. But then, I think in the back of your mind, you've got to realise how hard it's going to be and... and time and if if you are going to leave that club and your next club and it's it's tough you know what I mean to become there's better players than me that have fell off the game that's for sure so yeah you do need a bit of luck in that sense and but I love you know I, I hope there's a rule in the future that um, Premier League squads you know you need a certain amount two or three academy based players in the squad and yeah. you know match day squad and I think that'll bring it on and you look at um, that kid Callum Hudson Adoy I've seen yeah. him being linked to, to that Bayern and Jaden Sancho moving on and I think kids are realising now that how hard it is to make it the big clubs and other clubs across Europe are uh, Bundesliga um, especially they're giving young lads a chance to play and develop and it's a but it's a results based business as well isn't it and yeah. it's trusting the player it's it's really tough it's, but and I don't think they'll ever quite grasp it fully but um, I think it's definitely improved over the years and is there anyone from your time at the academy and, and at Everton that you're still in touch with, or is it have you all gone your separate ways now? Um, from my own age group, um, yeah, he's kind of still I still see and speak to JP, you know, because yeah. we got our, his family and my family are friends too, and I know his brother Lee, and I still speak to Sean Densmore. He's 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 a lad who I. I believe could could have went on and played much higher than he did. He left Everton and went straight to Altrincham in the conference, and he's been there ever since. So really? 12, 12, 13 years now. I think he's played three hundred, four hundred games for them, and he's even a um, caretaker manager last yeah, back in the last season when when the um, when he didn't have a manager, but he was a bright lad, and he, he ended up doing his studies and going to university and play, decided to play at that level but he definitely could have played higher Sean he, the year he left he got reserved team player of the season so I still speak to him um, I see Jamie Jones sometimes he lives in the same area as me he's at Wigan he's had a good career yeah. he dropped down to League 2 League 1 he's a, at the Championship with Wigan now I've played against Vaughan a couple of times over the years Yeah, but just say hello to them and stuff and um, don't really stay in contact so much but good memories yeah so for you now obviously you've got uh, three children and what are your yeah. what are your future plans football and and, and um, you know I'm at Barrow now at the National the National League um, yeah. and we're doing alright we've got a good team um, the manager Ian Ever he was a player he's not long retired he's a player for Blackpool in the Premier League and um, he was at Chesterfield the last couple of years of his career and he's gone over to the management and he's you know we're playing some good stuff and I'm really enjoying my football this season um, at 29 now you know, I, 
I very, very rarely drink. Um, you know, I eat, I try and eat well. I do my gym because I realised that, you know, I'll be lucky to play for the next four or five years because of how hard it is getting contracts. So I'm giving myself every chance and I feel as fit as I've ever been in my career now, you know, at 29. So I'm open to have a good season with Barrow and... Um, we're pushing for the playoff place and football's funny it's a funny old game you never know we could get a promotion and be back in the league next season so I'm just taking it year by year and, and living my life right and trying and get as many years as I can after the game um, in the last year or two and I never thought it but you know I want to go down maybe the coaching route it's yeah. uh, really interested me um, so I'm hopefully going to do my UEFA B licence in May uh, the PFA will give me a little grant towards that but yeah. you know I like the strength and conditioning side to it so I'm thinking over the next couple of years just try and do a couple of courses and then just and I want to play as long as I can and that day comes when um the phone doesn't ring and there's no clubs and hopefully I've got a backup plan and I can choose my own little route then but I'd, I'd love to stay in in um, in football whether it be coaching or strength and conditioning or and even just being able to speak to young lads to yeah. similar situation to me and try and give them advice and and stuff like that and just to finish then we'll obviously a big blue yourself your thoughts yeah. on Everton this season and Marco Silva doing a decent job do you think yeah I'll, you know I'm on Twitter and I see a lot of um, disgruntled fans after a bad result or but I think um, if you look back to last season we had Koeman and Nunsworth and Allardyce and all that instability I think he brings a bit of stability. He's a young, hungry manager. He'll have goals and aspirations himself to go even higher. And I think that will only benefit us. I think he cares. And I think the playing style we've got is what the fans enjoy. You know, I, I like to see his press and front foot and attacking football. And obviously, he's only had one transfer window. It's it's tough and I think Brands even had a tougher job getting out players who wasn't in the plans on big wages who wasn't yeah. silver signings and I think that's you know we've spent a lot of money but you can't go gung-ho and you need to balance the books and I think Brands is doing a great job in that and getting out players who are not in the plans and I think we need to stick with them and um, give them a couple of years to develop and you know properly implements a style on us and, and I think it'll all come together I'm positive about it I think he's a good manager we've got some good players there um, good core to side and I think it's just building the squad up to his own squad now and that might take another 18 months two years but I don't think we should chopping and changing you know under Moyes okay it wasn't the prettiest but we stuck with them and in the end it, it come together and we got a couple of top six finishes and Champions League and I think obviously as well we're competing with some mega clubs mega rich clubs and yeah. you've got to be realistic and but I think if we can close that gap and get closer points wise to the Champions League and 
and go to the quarterfinals and semi-finals of cups. I think most Blues would taste that, and then hopefully this ground, the ground comes off, and and everything changes from there. And hopefully we'll we'll get back on um back in the mix with the big boys and I still think we'll win the league with all of Phil <laughs> I hope so <laughs> <laughs> well it seems a pretty good place to end but yeah thank yeah. you very much for that I uh, really no worries Sam yeah you've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo